Georgia's DBHDD is urging people to store and lock away all medications to prevent theft and keep them away from children and pets. Old medications can be disposed at Dropbox locations. Dropbox locations can be found at opioidresponse.info. My name is Kalina Bowler. I've worked for years in location management as part of Georgia's film and television industry. I help filmmakers find the perfect spots to shoot. On this podcast, we meet the people whose names you see when the credits roll. Sit back and relax for The Credits, a podcast from Georgia Public Broadcasting. I have more than 40 credits to my name. And in all of my time working in Yollywood, I've seen it change a ton. There are more people of color, like me, working on sets. One of my mentors was the late Carl Johnson. He was one of the first black electricians in GRIPS working in Georgia's entertainment industry. A GRIP is someone who builds and maintains equipment for the cameras. There are different types of GRIPS. Key GRIPS are the supervisors. A dolly GRIP is responsible for the tracks and platforms that make moving camera shots possible. Those distinctions are important to define. You're about to hear about a lot of grips in this episode. Now, I've talked on this show with admiration for Carl Johnson. He played a major role in diversifying Georgia's entertainment industry. And so have my next two guests. Balaji Bailey began working on sets in the 1980s in the camera and electric departments. His son, Irie, followed in his dad's footsteps. But Bulaji admits he wanted his son to follow a different path. I tell you what, I didn't even want him to be in the game. Really? I wanted him to be a lawyer. <laughs> so, <laughs> Irie, you mean to tell me that you would have been a litigator somewhere? Like, how in the world did you get interested? Is it just because what your dad was doing? He liked it. It's fun. Bunches of well, good-looking women and excitement. <laughs> well, I, I grew up in the uh, in the business, you know, going and helping my dad. I believe the first commercial I worked on, I was uh, 13 years old. It was a uh, Hardy's commercial or Arby's commercial. Uh, my father used to always work on all the music videos, Outkast, uh, you know, uh, the first Goody Mob videos. I remember he used to bring the posters home and the T-shirts. Uh, Kilo Ali, his first video. All, all the uh, the big down south artists. My father worked on their videos. So exactly. I thought it was so cool, and I just wanted to be uh, a part of the business because you know my dad worked in it, and it actually I actually was raised on uh, hip hop, rap music. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It, it actually paid our bills in our home by them shooting the music videos and stuff. So I had a, a very unique uh, outlook on on the whole business and. My father, he just wanted me to go to school and uh, get a good education, and he felt like I wouldn't do that if I uh, started making all the money in the film business. <laughs> I mean, look, there's money to be had. I mean, I, I'm telling you, that was this his selling point to me. I was, I was in that class. I said, you worked on Kilo Ali's video? Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know? And I'm telling you. So, I mean, let me ask you, how in the world, Balaji, did you get your start? Uh, that's kind of a humbug. I had a... a I used to work for the Bureau of Cultural Affairs doing uh, programming over there. I was a, a cultural events programmer. Okay. And uh, and then I became a grantsman later on. And part of the cultural events thing, that's how I started doing sound, because I was doing, I had to do the sound for the little concerts and stuff we were doing. And so uh, 
part of the deal that the guy that I was working for, Tom Cullen, was creating the uh, he created the 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 uh, the contract that uh, Cable Atlanta had to use to get public access going. And then he made me go and take the public access class so we could start, had me, because I'd been doing all the little sound and stuff, to make me start videotaping things. Went down there kicking and screaming, didn't want to be bothered. <laughs> and so uh, I got, uh, I wound up taking the class, and I kind of got the bug. And so I got his mom, uh, we did a show with her, uh, a vegetarian cooking show. It was actually pretty successful. We got, a, I won an award, we won an award. And went on and did another regular show on the, on what the kind of the equivalent of CW, and that ran for a couple three years. And then uh, they got uh, another show that was like a, a, black, a civil rights show called Black Side Storybook, and that ran. So we did the cooking with Ava and the what you call it, and that was kind of where I got the bug. Then the city job I was working with the Bureau of Culture Affairs that got all south. You know, got crazy. And the Bureau of Cultural Affairs, yeah, in the city working, of Atlanta. Yeah, that's what okay. I worked for like seven years. And so uh, when that all went south, I left and took my pension and went up to NYU Film School and did their summer intensive. And then when I came back, I couldn't find a job nowhere for like three years. Mm. White folk wouldn't even let me clean up. And uh, so I wound up uh, joining a reggae band. I played in a reggae band for a couple of three years until Spike Lee showed up. He saw me working and uh, Al helped. He said, Spike Lee said he wanted brothers on the job. Oh, right? he was trying to get brothers on the job. Yeah, but right. there, there wasn't. And so what happened? He had a lot of white cats who was like the leader bosses, you know, and they were like mostly working. And he had a ton of black PAs, and he made sure that we had a bunch of us there. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when speaking with people uh, for this show, everybody I've spoken to, they're extremely passionate about it. Like, do you did you learn everything that you know? From your dad, from, you know, workshops at the union, like how how did you become so knowledgeable? Well, well, I just got a uh, trial by fire. Uh, I started off working. Uh, I started off as a PA mm-hmm. back in 2000 and, and then uh, I became an electrician. I worked with Carl Johnson for about five years as an electrician. And uh, later on, um, I got with uh, Ray Brown, the president of our union, and uh, he hired me on as a uh, um, grip. And I worked on his show uh Drop Dead Divas, it was on uh, Lifetime Channel. And the show g- actually gave me a chance to, um, you know, be kind of stable in my career because up until that point I had only been working, you know, uh, a month or two months. It was a five-month show. Well, I worked on it for about three or four years straight. So it gave me a chance to kind of build a foundation in the business. And in those stage days, uh, they just moved me up because I was the best third. You know, I was always paying attention on set. So then they moved me to the dolly grip. And uh, I didn't know anything, and I just had to learn on the job. Mm -hmm. Uh, What really made me a great dolly grip, uh, I was pushing dolly for about two or three years, and I was upset because I didn't understand what the director wanted, like when he wanted that push in, when he wanted that stop. And so uh, I did, like my father, I went to uh, film school up in Maine. I did a uh, six-week work study in Maine, uh, Maine Media College, and I learned about film from the ground up like I didn't know anything. Okay. And, and that experience allowed me to really move forward as a dolly grip and also as a cinematographer myself. Uh, I learned about the equipment and uh, got a chance to uh, learn about uh, shooting, you know, uh, screenplays, writing. Writing, editing, I learned all those things in that that six week work study, and it, and, and my my work when I came back was way more better than when I went, mm-hmm. and I just took the time to do that because I was frustrated with not being good at my job, and, and I want I didn't want I don't I like to do my job and do my moves. I don't like I I like to get my moves in one take, two takes, and move on. I don't like 
somebody to come and tell me, oh, well, can you do it a little faster, a little slower? But uh, as a dolly grip, you have to be open to criticism because you're criticized all day about your work and they have to, it has to be a certain way. The director has a way he wants it. The DP has a way he wants it. And as a dolly grip, you have to give them what they want. And if you don't do that, you're going to be fired. You got 50 people behind uh, all these monitors looking at your movements. And, and, and if you miss something or do anything, they can see it. If it's a bump in the lens, uh, if the boom down wasn't correct you know all that shows up so what I pride myself on being able to do is to get those takes very fast and we can do one or two because the uh, actor's giving a performance and you don't want to mess up the uh, move and then that you messing up the actor's great performance <laughs> <laughs> well let me ask you this um Balaji you're you know I'm, I'm listening to Irie and I'm hearing how he's had so many opportunities do you feel that these opportunities were afforded to young men back in your time? Because I mean, you've oh, been doing no. this for quite some time now. I want to say, what, early 80s maybe? Like late 70s, yeah, early 80s? Yeah, um, no, how is this? How has the industry changed here in Georgia for you? Uh, got much more Negroes out here. <laughs> Talk about it, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a beautiful thing to see, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Because I think, I think proportionally we got more than they got in L.A. or New York. Mm. LA. But uh, when I came in, there was none. And there's like a few, three, with nobody in front of me. You know, when I was working, just having a job was uh, a big deal. Just to be able to say that you work was a big deal. Because much less looking at somebody trying to be a dolly grip or a key or something like that. It just wasn't happening. And uh, Atlanta was so small, the little work that was around here, uh, there was a, most of the white folk had all that covered. They wasn't, wasn't nobody else coming in. And so... Uh, that's just how it was. So, you know, had to take a lot of cheese, eat a lot of cheese, keep a job. You know, and I had two kids and an old lady I had to support. So you have to sort of just do what you got to do. But I worked hard and I was consistent. And I was about to call it a wrap when, uh, in 93 when the, all the work stopped. And, uh, and like I said, the videos came and it was all black. And I was all for it. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> it was cool. And it was stayed like that for that whole 10 years. That It was just all right. I liked it. Uh, Negroes would give you give me a pain in the butt. You know, sometimes money be a little funny. Negroes <laughs> Might not show, pay you no overtime. Yeah. You can, <laughs> yeah, they show up when they feel like it. And your money sometimes come when they feel like it. You but <laughs> you have to worry about getting shot. We were doing yeah, uh, Gucci Mane videos. Sometimes they, and, and they, sometimes they had shootouts. Yeah, we had shootouts at the job. You know, it's like all shootouts that shit. Shootouts at the job. Yeah, so it's like, you Complete know, but all mayhem. that shit. I mean, we've had some adventures. He had adventures. See, I stopped doing it after when the money started getting really crazy. Uh -huh. And uh, I started doing commercials with this friend of mine, uh, Kevin. And, uh, and so we were doing like uh, sort of high-end, you know, McDonald's and Burger King, all that sort of just commercials because the video money started getting so wild. But he stayed on with the videos with him and Carl for a good for a couple more years. And we and, would do like three or four videos every week, and I actually yeah. made a living doing music videos. Yeah, and so I had and no, I had, I had no, too when I got my start. Yeah, I had no respect so for money. Were you, were, were you, because you were we doing work so together. fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember absolutely. you. You were a production coordinator. I was a coordinator, became a manager, and then I went over and t started doing locations. Yes. So was, uh, um, so coordinator is lower than a manager. I thought the manager yes. was. Uh, was the they manager, work together. It's, it's, it's they work together, but essentially the manager is. 
is who the coordinators report to, essentially. Oh, okay. And the coordinator the does office. the work for a lot of the work for the manager. So you was working with Kalina for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. got, I got out of the game just about the time you must have got chips. You were, going yes, because you were about to leave the Man, music video world. I, and I, I met you. And I, started, I worked with you a lot more, Irie. Yeah, in, yeah. In my, those early stages for and, me. And, and I did music videos. I was more of an electrician on music videos. That was before I got into uh, television and yeah, movies. Exactly. And and, and last I, for about a year and a half, I did nothing but movies because I like movies because you can set up the shot, basically. And with television, it's like manufacturing a product. So you don't get to be as artistic as you get to be as when you're doing a movie. And so, you know, I like the movie because I get time to set up properly and really do a nice cinematic shot. And they're going to get they're going to get to shot right they're going to set the shot up just the whole structure everything of a movie versus a television show is versus a video except for Netflix (laughs) shout out to Netflix though Netflix makes their television like movies so I want to give a shout out to Netflix I love working on Ozark and also Stranger Things yeah those oh my gosh yes Um, Georgia essentially is unique in the world of production because we we have one of the most diverse Cruise, um, and we have we just have so but, many people that are moving here. Just gl- oh, but the forward. video, the cruise. The reason we got so many Negroes because the uh, I should say Negroes, black. I'm sorry, I'm so <laughs> so <laughs> so off the We chain. knew what you mean. Yeah, but uh, actually, you know, because it, it was the videos brought all them Negroes out there because everybody got a chance to play, and you know, it, the whole thing is about practicing. Getting in the game is practicing. It ain't about you having special skill sets. You have to get out there and play. And if you get out there on the field, even on a video with the old crazy ways and wild stuff, you still get a skill set that is sellable to these other folk who are, like, trying to make these big movies. And, like, he got a lot of experience as a video that he probably wouldn't well, have. I learned my speed from the music videos and working yeah. fast. You learn how to. And plus, you learn a lot of creative stuff in terms of not having enough money. Absolutely. To have the equipment that you're supposed to have. That just makes you more marketable, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean. And all of it. that make, And I think part of the reason that there, there is. I'm pretty sure Atlanta has a few more, has a bigger percentage. Because I used to, when I was doing videos, I used to meet uh, DPs from L.A. that had been in 20 years, had never seen a black key, never seen a black gaffer. You know, so L.A., I mean, I didn't meet so much from New York, but I used to meet from L.A. more than a few times. They had, And they couldn't believe that I knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I knew enough to get them through their little job. <laughs> and so... Uh, but I think that that's part of the thing that Atlanta has a stockpile of black folk who already knew how to do it. And so we have some black gaffers. We have some, we don't have no really that many black keys, but uh, we have a couple of black keys. I'm a black key grip. Just yeah, so you know. Right. Uh, shout out to Bobcat Productions, Angie Bones. <laughs> she gave me the opportunity to be a key grip, and I'm very thankful. I also did a movie as a key grip last year called The Trap. Uh, Eric White directed it. It had uh, Mike Epps was in it as well. So hopefully it'll be coming out soon. Okay. And uh, but all that led, to, I think, to like more cats being a, a rare and able to do things. You so know, you got generations. So he was the first generation yeah. of Atlanta, absolutely. And then I was the second generation. And then you had some guys maybe came in about ten years ago. They mm-hmm. would be like the third generation, and now you've got the fourth generation. And every generation comes and and and, and takes it a little bit further. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would love to see more black key grips. In Atlanta right now, uh, yeah, you gotta kinda, have department uh, heads. That's annoying only way you can in get my somebody. field to not have, you know, uh, to always have to go work for, uh, you know, uh, white key grip, you know, outside of uh, over at Tyler Perry where Kevin Ham's a key grip. Uh, there, there aren't, uh, and I want to give a shout out to Anthony Jacobs. 
he was a black ring key grip on uh oh yeah black sure lightning. Did. didn't get mad but, at play yeah but those man, two those two people uh, they're the last only, two they're only the black two. key grips right yeah. now that we have actually working in atlanta so i would love for that that to increase. yeah we need so you're basically saying we need to have more Cas- people they gotta at the step top. up more more people at the top more more more, more yeah. uh the productions to actually uh uh i've heard about these inclusion writers that okay. they're including but uh actually what's an inclusion writer so the inclusion writer is now a almost like a, a guarantee that producers sign at the beginning of a project that um essentially guarantees that they will give a fair consi- they'll give fair consideration to as many candidates as possible not just people they're used to hiring, which oh, happens to cool. be people who look like them. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah, but Irie is saying that that needs to extend even more and go to behind the camera and considering uh, people of color, women. Um, I think it's at, absolutely as department necessary. Because the other thing is like when we did uh, Long Walk Home with Whoopi Goldberg, that was one of her things was making sure we had a bunch of black folk. And when Spike came in, he made that. See, they had that. They actually jumped up and down to make sure that there was black folk there. A lot of times they're coming into these shows. They're just barely hanging in there and they ain't got no position to be able to uh, jump up and down and say, we got to have some black folk. Because like when they did Long Walk Home, that was a long time ago when they Mm -hmm. had a bunch of us came on through there and got work because we were like, you know, she, that was one of her requirements. Right. She, she had to see some Negroes in, around the set. Well, so now they're saying, they're saying that they're requiring this. Not that, not that it's in any particular like uh, bylaws anywhere, but it's a thing now that they say more we, opportunities we need for more DPs. opportunities. Absolutely. We Kinda need like, more. That's pretty cool. Uh, and, mm-hmm. And y'all moving the, forward. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you were happy about this <laughs> because like like you were saying earlier, it, there was a time not that long ago in our lifetime, Irie, where, you know, you didn't see many of there us. Wasn't. Well, when I first started working, uh, I've been a member of our union since 2003, so 16 years, uh, 19 years, you know, working in a business. But uh, for a long time, I was uh one of the only black dolly grips in, in town. You know, I was one of the only uh, black people that actually was working with the camera department. So mm-hmm. uh, I used to work with a lot of guys from L.A. and they had never actually had to work with uh, African-American or a black person. And, and it was kind of uh, shocking to them. It was a culture shock to them. And uh, it was a culture shock to me as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but Well, they uh, give you the blues. They can well, be really they, nasty. You know, Boys and then really these nasty. skills that I'm learning, you know, as being a dolly grip, learning about the camera and everything, uh, this skill set is not like uh, something that's taught and passed out to everyone. Uh, so a lot, a lot of people aren't privy to the information, the things that I understand about camera movement and setup. You know, uh, just not having a lot of people haven't been able to make that far because uh, it's uh, very mental. So uh, they can mentally throw you out of the game, and you can't perform on the job. You can't keep the jobs and get them. You gotta be so, a stress frunkie. You know that. So you have to be able to. You gotta uh, be a stress junkie. You gotta <laughs> yeah. be a stress junkie to do this game. And, and, and you gotta be able to operate under pressure and uh and under you know you might like I've had uh all kinds of instances where I was dealing with uh camera operators and they just uh, didn't like me and they didn't want me there and uh they had no choice but to deal with me. But right now we have a lot more black dolly grips. But when I started pushing dolly back back in like 2010. There were none. And, and when you look at, you know, in the world, as far as doing my job and my position, there are, there are not that many people that, that have the, the resume that I have as a young African-American dolly grip. Mm-hmm. And so now I plan on moving on to other things as, such as producing and mm-hmm. directing where I get a chance to, you know, uh, 
do my own creativity because mm-hmm. I've made the studios plenty of money working for them. They've got plenty of my life. And so now I want to have some of my life and make some money for myself using my skills that I learned on the job. All right. I like that. Have that balance. Yes. Essentially, what you're saying is it, you're, you're telling people generally you need to expand your network, period. Period. You know, it's not just about creating a community of people that look like you per se, but have, at, at that point, it, I guess it could help. They have, But see, they have a bunch of beginner white folk all over the place. You see beginner white folk everywhere. You see beginner white folk in sets. You see beginner white folk in props. You see beginner white folk in the grip department. Don't know shit. Just out there working, right? Well, how come that person couldn't have been a black person? Why that person, that beginner person couldn't have been a, uh, and, and hair and makeup couldn't have been a black person. But they don't have no encouragement for that. There's nothing to say, oh, we need to try to do that. They don't even care. It's not even an issue. We're trying to get this job done and we're going to get the best people we can find. And if they all happen to be white, that's just what it is. No, it's not what it is. Especially not on a, a black network and a black TV show. No. Mm. You know, and so that that's, that's what I can't understand. And one of the things I have a hard time with, uh, I, and I'm, I'm not really that interested in the business because I've watched all these people come into the business and, and, and be in a position to uh, hire me now. And so, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to get a job from somebody when you know you had 10, you got 10 years experience on them and, and then you're trying to get a job from them. Mm. They, they don't, they're not really in that. They don't, they, you know, they might not want to hire you. So I'm just tired for me. I would love to be hired by black people in this business and to have uh, a, a, a black boss to go to work for sometime. Not all the time, but at least sometimes. So they, it lets me know that that, that that option is still possible and that you can achieve that in this business in my field. Gentlemen, I want to say that um, speaking with you uh, together has been a huge pleasure. And I was super excited to do this. I've been wanting to talk with you both for a while. So I appreciate you coming on my show. Oh, and, well, uh, and sharing your knowledge with us because there there are kids listening and watching us and they want to be in our shoes, you know, one day and possibly beyond, which that, that's the goal at the end of the day. Right. And to continue with it. Keep it moving. Actually, you know, the goal is really to save the world. That's what we're all trying to do. We're trying to put out the whole thing about presenting your story is trying to make things better. You're with you're going out there with the impression that you feel like what you have to say is going to make people listen and have a better life. And you wouldn't be doing this if you weren't trying to do that because it's bigger than you. That was Balaji Bailey. We also heard from his son Irie. Both work in grip departments on film sets in Atlanta. They are who you mean when you say, "Get a grip." Well, at least on a movie set. And that's it for us today. Our show was produced by Sean Powers, and Don Smith is our editor. The theme music is by MBB. I'm Kalina Bowler. You can reach us and subscribe to our podcast for free at gpb.org forward slash podcast. If you have a moment, Review and rate us on iTunes. We also want to hear from you. Do you work in the film industry? Tell us what you do. You can reach us at the credits at gpb.org. Until next time, see you after the movies. Mm-hmm.